My mom, of blessed memory, always claimed that she was not a feminist. A product of a 1950s conservative milieu, my mother was a homemaker who wished for nothing more than for her three little girls to grow up to be good wives and mothers, which of course we did. In spite of her strict adherence to traditional values, when it came to Purim, something in her identified with Queen Vashti. And on this, my mom was adamant. While all the other little girls got to go to temple dressed as Queen Esther, her three little girls would proudly dress as Vashti, the woman who instantly and bravely stood up to King Ahasuerus. Having been raised as obedient children, we dutifully put on our Queen Vashti costumes year after year with a name tag that said, hello, my name is Queen Vashti. <laughs> Even as we secretly wished to be Queen Esther. These days, I get to dress in the costume of my choice. A perennial favorite has been my Seize Candy Lady costume which is popular because it involves doling out large amounts of chocolate all throughout the night. In 1996, I believe that I was the first Princess Leia of Star Wars fame to put pumpernickel bagels on each side of my head in an attempt to emulate her unique hairstyle. Purim is truly one of my favorite holidays. Rabbi Jonathan and I will never forget sneaking over to Meish Arim, the ultra-Orthodox neighborhood in Jerusalem, one era of Purim when we were students. We were shocked to see so many Hasids dressed as women and so many small children smoking cigarettes. Tradition demands ad shelo yodea, which means that those who can should drink until we can no longer tell the difference between Mordechai and Haman. The Megillah, what a story. I urge you this Shabbat to take time and read all 10 chapters of the book of Esther found in your Jewish Bible. While most of us know the general outline of the story of the insipid king who fires his upstart bride Vashti and holds a beauty contest to replace her with the beautiful secretly Jewish Esther, it is stunning to read this story afresh and realize its relevance to our time. Threats against the Jewish people are as old as Pharaoh. I will not review the litany of historic periods where Jews were persecuted throughout history. Ours has been a history of extraordinary pain and suffering visited upon our people. Today, Anti-Semitism on both the left and the right is a continuation of that threat of fear, that thread of fear, hatred, and scapegoating of Jews. I have heard lefties argue that it's mostly on the alt-right, and righties argue that it is nearly all coming from the left. I think that we need to transcend our political leanings, whatever they may be, and realize that we need to recognize and combat anti-Semitism on both the left and the right. 
even amongst our own Emmanuel Religious School students, there has been a distinct uptick of reports of anti-Semitic harassment from classmates in their schools. Jewish students on college campuses continue to report harassment that results from BDS activity on campus. So what can we learn from Esther? Whereas Vashti not only fearlessly but instantaneously rebuffed the king, Esther initially hesitates. She is immobilized by her fear. In a message to Mordechai, she clarifies that she's not one to buck the rules and she's not initially willing to put her life on the line. Esther took time to come to the realization that she had no choice but to act. In a sense, Vashti and Esther provide two different and interesting models of activists. Each is vital to the story, though their approaches are different. They remind us that there is more than one way to arrive at the right place. Mordechai is also an important activist in the Megillah. His refusal to bow down to Haman demonstrates his comfortable sense of himself as a Jew. Mordechai is not only fearless, he never hesitates to adhere to his Jewish values and tradition. Even at the risk of offending the authorities. Let us take note of this aspect of Mordechai's character. He does not apologize for being different, for being a Jew. He's not arrogant, but he doesn't bow or scrape either. As we contend with visible, current upsurge in anti-Semitism here in the United States, I wonder if we are as settled, confident, and comfortable in our own unique Jewish identity as we sometimes claim to be. Are we like Mordechai? Not arrogant, but proud of our distinctions and demanding the same respect as any other group? Or are we more like Esther, initially fearful and wishing to downplay our uniqueness? What do we learn about our sense of Jewish self as bomb threats, cemetery desecration, swastika graffiti, and individual acts of hatred of Jews continue to populate the news. As we examine the emotions we feel upon reading about or personally experiencing these hate acts, we can ask ourselves if we feel as strong as Mordechai, or Vashti for that matter, in proudly being who we are without need to bow or scrape to the government or any other authority but God. My guess is that some of us have always held that proud, unapologetic sense of uniqueness as a Jew, while for others getting there is a process. Esther took time. She got there. And in the end, she stood up for our people. There are no more powerful words in the Megillah than the ones that Mordechai 
messaged over to Esther. He said, do not think in your heart that you of all the Jews will escape because you are in the king's house. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will come to the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will be destroyed. And who knows whether you have come into this palace for such a time as this. I hope that you will each pick out a good costume, just the right one for you, be it Darth Vader, Alexander Hamilton, Mordechai, Esther, or Vashti. Hear the whole Megillah. Then ask yourself, are you more like Vashti, Esther, or Mordechai? Whichever Purim character you most identify with, just remember this one thing. Who knows if you are here right now for such a time as this. Shabbat Shalom.